Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, football fans? Welcome into another episode of the Milkman Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Red. I'm doing great because these other two over here, right before the podcast started, are uh, moaning and complaining about their injuries casey had quite the weekend and garrett i don't know i don't know what your problem is but you just have problems today so uh, garrett why don't you just explain first what's going on with you today i'm just gonna kick this off and just say i you had you nailed it and just i have problems and we'll leave it at that (laughs) and uh we'll move on because my my stories were less less as interesting as sir casey sounds like just a stressful day at work yeah, something like that. Mr. Casey, uh, <laughs> let's let's hear from you, though. Yeah, it's funny because me and Derek actually recorded since I've been <laughs> dealing with this new injury or injuries, I should say. Um, that's why I didn't record last night, though, for the waiver wire episode is because I'm hurting so bad. I just couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, on Saturday, I was out of town with some friends and I was going probably at least 20 to 25 miles an hour on an electric scooter downhill, like on the road. And my friend was in front of me. He's like kind of hit on his brakes, like, and I wasn't expecting it. And so I was going too fast. I was going to smack right into him. So I just kind of last minute was like, oh, I'm going to swerve and miss him, but I'm probably going to eat shit. And that's exactly what I did. So still got to get some x-rays to confirm, but it looks like I broke my left forearm. looks like I broke my right hand <laughs> and like my ribs are all jacked up. I twisted my ankle. Like your friend's a dick. Why do you break check you? <laughs> well, the, that's actually the because I was, I was yelling at him. We may or may not have been drinking. I won't confirm that part, but I was yelling at him. Because we're what time driving, of night was this? It's like probably eleven o'clock at night. We're in Monterey. Yes, alcohol was involved. Yeah, yeah they were, we're sober. We're in Monterey, and we saw. I, I saw a party like going on. We're driving past this neighborhood on these scooters, and I saw a party going on. So I was trying to yell at my buddy, like, "Hey, let's go stop over there." So he slows down because he couldn't quite hear me. I eat shit, and then I get up, and we're like, "Well, we're already here by the party. Let's go." So we went in, and it was like a wedding that was going on. We ended up sticking around for almost two hours drinking beers with these people we didn't even know. <laughs> and we just wedding get back pressures. on our scooters at like one of the morning and ride back to the house. And then at that point, I was like, "Man, I'm like all bloodied up. I'm like all all the aches and pains are kicking in at that point." But. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun story I'll be able to tell for a while, but I'm not feeling good today. <laughs> oh, man. So who who do you think's feeling better, you or Tua? Uh, probably Tua, that motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck. Apparently, Dude, I'm he's feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well good enough to... At 11 p.m. last night. Apparently, he's good enough to play. I guess that's how we can kind of segue into our first game of... The week oh, by the preview. way, everybody, we are doing the previews. Welcome to the yeah. preview episode. <laughs> right, part one. So, yeah, speaking of the Dolphins, so the 3-0 and Dolphins are at the 1-2 and Cincinnati Bengals for Thursday night football. And, yeah, speaking of Tua, um, looking like he's going to play, but he's not in the concussion protocol. That's encouraging. He was dealing with a back injury during that game. I guess he's dealing with a little Allegedly. bit of a problem, too. <laughs> Right, yeah, Alleged. they're investigating that. He looked like he had a concussion to everybody else, but I'm not know. a scientist. But gosh dang, if I ever seen someone get dinged, he was seeing. Well, it looked stars. like he slammed his helmet on the back of the turf, then got up and then started kind of stumbling. And he said that that was because of his back injury. But Casey, Casey you have you a back question. injury. Can, have you, you ever Garrett. done this? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, well, I guess I've had somewhere like you know, you get like a. You know, if you get, like, sciatica, like, I think, Garrett, when I lived with you, there was a couple times I'd be in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, I'd get, like, a sciatica shock to my leg, and I'd fall on my ass, but, um... Not after I don't taking know, a that shot looked... to the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, in a little different context, you know, so... Are we firing up, too, this week, if uh, if he's active against the Bengals? Mm, I'm kind of scared this week. In two quarterback leagues. In, in two quarterback leagues, yeah, but I'm scared to start him as a QB1. Yeah, short week coming off the injury. 
I, th- I see regression coming headed into Cincinnati against Cincinnati is one and two. We're probably going to see some um, regression to the mean or whatever you would call it. Progression. <laughs> well, yeah, he's coming we off of a, only a 10 point game in our listener league. So he could probably do better than that. But I don't think we're looking at anything close to his Ravens numbers. It's probably going to be. More like week one where he had like 13, 270 pass yards and a touchdown. Maybe he gets a second one in there. Yeah. Um, so we can expect that. What do we What do we do about these running backs, though? Like Chase Edmonds, he's, he scored two touchdowns, but only six carries for 21 yards and caught his only target for six yards. So like really low usage, only 44% of the snaps played. The two touchdowns are nice, but that feels a little fluky at this point. It's a true committee. Between the two, we don't know what we're going to get. Um, flexes at best, you know. I think 15 points last week was he fell because he fell into the end zone. What's red call it touchdown deodorant? Yes, sir. <laughs> he got tw- he got it twice, so <laughs> he got um, the t- deodorant and the woman's perfume. <laughs> you know, I think Are we, uh... something that can flip flop between the two of them. Are either of them even flex worthy at this point? Like, especially yeah, Thursday night football tend to be low scoring games. This week doesn't look good. I wouldn't. Not this week. If, pe- if people invested in Chase Edmonds, they're more than likely going to want to start him as a flex chasing the touchdowns because, oh, it's a high scoring offense. Dolphins are three and oh. Like, I can kind of hear the basic mindset, but I have um, him in a league. I'll be honest, and he's my RB2 this week. Yeah, I think you could start him as a flex, but you're not comfortable with it. There's obviously better options, but unfortunately, if you have him as a flex, he was just a bad pick when you took him. Yep. Yeah, I would say that uh, most are... He's taken more time than kind of what we all kind of imagined. I kind of figured he would be hurt already, to be honest. (laughs) Well, he kind of is. Is he not? I thought he... I don't think he's he's injured right now. No, he's just been – he was really inefficient the oh, other okay. day. Eight carries okay. for 11 well, yards. So he just he sucks played, still. Yeah. Okay, uh, so anyways, moving on. We're done with these running backs. What's up with yeah. the wide receivers? I mean, I, we're a little down on Tua, it seems like, this week. How are we feeling about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? I mean, are we, obviously we're going to have to limit expectation, and one of them's going to have the big game. If one has the big game, what can we expect from the other that doesn't? Kind of the I don't, floor that we've seen from Tyreek Hill last week or what? I'm not sure that we can say that either are going to have necessarily a good game this week. I think maybe both take a step back, um, and it's just an off week. <laughs> well, Hill can't go back any farther. He had two yeah, catches Waddle last actually, week. Well, <laughs> okay. Waddle was four for 102. I would say like it's more likely that Waddle takes a step back and Tyreek Hill is the one who has the better week. I doubt that um, – but I'm not well, starting him as go? receiver ones is what I was trying to get at. You're not comfortable with them. You're more no, of like, okay, right. if they're my second option this week, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, okay. I'd say they're both like high-end wide receiver twos, both of them. I'll put them in the good same call. category. Good and then Gesicki, yeah, we've, we're done with Gesicki, right? Yeah, like, he's, he's one not, target, one catch, six talking yards. About yeah, you, you, you said that the last uh, after the Bronco or after the Bronco game, after the Ravens game, you know, yeah. we we'll watched Tua throw six touchdowns and almost 500 yards, and you know, he had four, touchdown four deodorant yards. saved his day, you know. So yeah, we're out on Gesicki. Uh, Cincinnati side, I did not see the Joe Mixon injury. Do we have any updates on that? Um, he had a, he got in a full practice today, so he looks like he's okay. going to be good to go for Thursday night football. He's dealing with an Fantastic. ankle, but. Fantastic. Um, yeah, watch. we're going to, uh, I think that it, he could be limited just because it is a short week and they do have some Audrey Peterin that is like, he's not the best back in the world, but he's he shows that he's capable they of seem, you know, they seem getting the job like done. Him. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, so I would temper expectations on Joe Mixon, especially heading well, into a, a, a week where it's a short. He's coming off the ankle. So. He's got uh, over under is 64 and a half rush yards. Where do under. you have him at this week? Under. Under? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Are we expecting anything on the receiving end? Last week we saw Brees Hall with 11 targets versus the Bengals. He caught six, seven, 53 yards. Yeah, they probably Mixon use him had- in the passing game. Mixon had seven targets himself last week and week one, he had nine targets. So, you know, week two, only four, but like four is still not bad for a running back. Uh, but the fact that that's his low point I was looking at the, wrong thing. the year. 
<laughs> like, yeah, Mixon, he could definitely um, catch a couple passes. But, yeah, if he's a little yeah. limited because of injury, then I guess that's something to keep keep in mind. Yeah, I mixed up what I was looking at. I was thinking Joe Mixon was playing against the Bengals, so I went and looked at the Bengals, who played against the Bengals last week. Uh... <laughs> so, it was, yeah, Joe Mixon's going to get six passes against uh... his own team. Yeah, absolutely. It happens in practice all the time, right? <laughs> Every day. Yeah. So how about, uh, how about Joe Burrow? Because he's coming off of a nice game, 275 and three passing touchdowns. Um, best game of the year. But he also was playing the Jets last week. Um, he is listed at 271 and a half over under. I think he hits it, but not much over. I don't think he hits 300. I think that's a good line. Damn it, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say you know what hit the it, hit the uh, under on it. Then it's a short week. It's a it's short the, week. Hit the that's yeah. and that's the biggest reason. It's yep. just a short week. I'm hitting the under. Same. So Jamar Chase, he should have a uh, he should have a bounce back game. He did oh, he did okay last week, six for twenty nine, and he Volume did have the touchdown. There. But he had ten targets week two. He had nine targets week one. He had sixteen targets. So he's averaging yeah like thirteen targets a game, something like that. Twelve targets a game. So. Uh, keep the faith. Keep firing him up as a strong wide receiver one. He does have two touchdowns on the year, too, so it's not like he's not scoring. Um, he's getting the volume in. He's scoring, so you can keep playing him as a receiver one. And then Higgins, he's the number 34 receiver in fantasy right now. Uh, Tyler Boyd had the big touchdown last week, so you know I think maybe that was why Higgins lost out a little bit, but we still believe We're in Higgins. Is like a, he's probably more like a mid to low receiver, too, this week just because of the short week Thursday night football kind of factor. Yeah, still five catches, 93 yards. I'm not mad at. Oh, right. not at all. <clears throat> he had the injury in week one. That's kind of keeping his numbers down. Um, but other than that, uh, he's he's shown that he's you know doing what we kind yeah, of expected. No, I, have a, I have a lot of faith in uh, T. Higgins. Still I still like him more than Terry McLaurin. You know, so, yeah. No, well, Tyler Boyd is Tyler Boyd is the number thirty-one receiver, so he's actually a couple spots ahead of Higgins. Are we playing? Yeah, he's got touchdown. Like a... He's got touchdown deodorant, though. He's only getting like four catches a game, and he's falling into the end zone. That's really what's boosting his fantasy stats. I mean, it's it's good to see. You know, if you've been listening to us for a couple of years, you know I like Tyler Boyd, but um, it's just kind of on the heel of two touchdowns. Sure, you can't expect that to stay or stick around. Yeah, you're kind of chasing or hoping. He's just going to fall into the end zone. Um, play him on a good week, not not a short week. Yeah. Right. And I'd say avoid Hayden Hurst for the same reason, just a short week. He, does, he already doesn't have a lot of upside to begin with, so I'd yeah. say skip out on Hayden Hurst, your roster. All right. Let's uh, move on I, to I, the I, next I, one. <laughs> just to be clear, I do like Tyler Boyd as like a wide receiver four on a bye week, you know, yeah. filling under your flex. Like he's, he's a that. good option to have. He's a good problem to have on your bench. Absolutely. I, I agree. That's why I say play him on a good week, not a short week. It's just, yep. it's too short for me to like red. Yep. All right. We get to move into um, the Ponda game. It's going to oh, be yay. your Minnesota Vikings two and one versus the one and two new Orleans, new Orleans. Uh, What's Saints. new about it? So, well, yeah, this game's at 6.30 in the morning on the West Coast. That's going to be hard to wake up and watch this London game. I've always had a hard what time. What are you talking that. about? I get up early on the rig, man. Uh, that's too early for me, man. Like, especially well, if you're I'm going, going to be bed when this game's starting. Basically, yeah, I might catch the beginning of the game. You <laughs> <laughs> watch the first half. Yeah. I, uh, all right. did wake well, let's up get the injury question out of the way. What's up with Dalvin Cook? Uh, well, Dalvin Cook is a little banged up. He's considered day-to-day, according to Sleeper's last update yesterday, um, with that shoulder injury. Uh, a little too early to say right now. It was uh, a was... dislocated shoulder, from what I understand. A, um, I think it was just... It was like a one that popped out and kind of came back in. And he's, he's, not, he's known for having shoulder injuries in the past, right? Um, well, yeah, last year, so yeah, he's last played year. with the shoulder harness too. Is what exactly. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be the same he's thing. Have to wear a harness. He'll be fine. Yeah, last year he dislocated he... the same shoulder and missed one game, but then the next game he came back wearing a harness and had like a big day, like a really like 222 yards and two touchdowns. So I would say based off of him missing a game last time he did this, probably likely that he does it again. But um, I guess we just gotta pay attention to the injury report for that one. Obviously, if he plays, fire him up. 
he's uh, coming off of a good game, even though he got injured, played 61% of the snaps. He had 17, uh, 17 carries, had 96 rush yards in the touchdown, didn't do anything through the air. But he's done enough through the air to where, you know, he's he can be relied on in that regard. So fire him up. If he is out, though, Alexander Madison becomes one of the best running back plays in all of fantasy as far as I'm concerned. Yep. He's always produced when he's had the lead role to himself. Absolutely. Yep. Well, let me ask you this. If Dalvin Cook does play, does that bring Alexander Madison into like a, a strong flex play this week just because of the potential? Top 12 running back. Well, he's saying if they both play, like if Cook plays, oh, is he going to be limited? Play. Right. And oh, I thought he Madison... said if they don't play. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, yeah. no, no. If they both play, does that bring Alexander Madison to a strong flex just because he of would the injury? Be a, he'd be an intriguing flex. I don't know if I'd call yeah, him Yeah, maybe Dalvin Cook's on a – yeah, maybe he's on a snap count. I could see something like that. But if if you, you hear something, he's going to be on a snap count. I'm not starting either. New Orleans typically be, has a big, better defense. I bet you Madison's going to be a strong DFS play this week. Yeah, that's probably like the best spot for him if you're going to do that. Uh, we expect him bounce back from, well, I guess, let's see here. Yeah, I was thinking like, yeah, Justin Jefferson didn't have a good week last week. You know, three catches for 14 yards. Hey, and then the I traded for was... my boy Adam Thielen. Right, and he did all right. Got eight targets, caught six for 61 and a touchdown. It's a very uh, Adam Thielen kind sorry, of thing. Sorry, I had to do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Adam Thielen's going to have a good week. Jefferson's going to get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment. And if you go look at games where Justin Jefferson plays outdoor, he he doesn't have as many receiving yards. So um, outdoor game, it's across the pond. He's going to line up with Marshawn Lattimore. I love Justin Jefferson, but this week he's not a wide receiver one. You're going to have to treat him like a wide receiver two. You can't pivot off the guy, obviously, but um, just kind of limit your expectations for another slow game from Justin Jefferson unless – Lattimore falls down on a you know a broken play or something but for the most part I'm out on Kirk Cousins this week I'm out on Jefferson this week I do like Adam Thielen to score a touchdown and maybe KJ Osborne breaks one loose yeah Osborne he's been a little involved too he uh last week had his best game of the season eight targets caught five for 73 to touchdown um compared to the first two weeks like he he you know, more than doubled his production, like quadrupled his fantasy production, basically something like that. Um, it's still probably like the looks from Osborne. Justin Jefferson came this way. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that um, yeah, Osborne's probably still not like a flex play. He's, he's still rosterable. Do we want anything to do with Irv Smith? Because he's still not really doing a whole lot. He's seen some well, targets. He's gone from thirty-one percent. No. Snap share in week one, he's gone to 56, no... 51. And since he's started playing more, he's seen six and eight targets, which at the tight end position, that's really nothing to scoff at. So uh, he's definitely touchdown dependent. And as long as he's seeing those targets, he's someone to put on your bench, but no one to start this week. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with him too. Valid points. Uh, Jameis Winston on the other end. Uh... He's... I don't know. There's already talk that he's going to get benched. I don't know if I buy that, but he did have a decent fantasy day last week. 353 touchdown, but two picks. There's going to be someone starting three quarterbacks. Do I need to go pick up Andy Dalton? Superflex league. No, man. Taysom Hill, you can start at tight end. He's going to play quarterback, and then you have your super flex spots in our dynasty league. So whoever has Taysom Hill, you can essentially start three quarterbacks. And no, Taysom Hill is not going to be the full-time starter. I'm just talking shit, but it'd be pretty funny to see. That would be pretty wild. Uh, well, he yes, is, I he is tight end eligible. Or I agree with you and in the fact that uh, it's going to be Andy Dalton most of the time. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Taysom. It's, so I think we've words, already tried that. This week. We're out on Jameis this week. Getting back on track, though. Yeah, I mean. Yes, I'm Minnesota's, out. Minnesota sucks. Minnesota's defense had a good week one in fantasy, and the last two weeks have not really been that great. They've oh, given up. Yeah, they played Aaron Rodgers in week one when he always sucks, and then after that, of course, they fall apart. Come on, man. We're firing up these guys, right? Jameis Winston's what? hurt. I'm not touching him. I don't <laughs> I mean, care. It's, it's, it's sketchy, know, right? It's sketchy. Like the, the rest of these guys, though, still produce. Like, you know, Michael Thomas, five catches for 49 yards is not crazy, but you know, Chris Olave, nine it? catches for 147. That's that was, you know, interesting. 
So, are we playing Alave now? Like, because he's seen, uh, we're starting Alave over Jarvis Landry. This is, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is one guy I said, heavily. let's start watching. And yes. the trend is there. He's he's the number six targets in two weeks. Back he back is number one targets. And I said this. Watch out if the trend continues. He's taking over Michael Thomas's spot. I'm pretty sure I said that. If I didn't, yeah, I think you did. Um, I don't know. He's but a first round pick. Chris I mean, Olave is freaking balling there. there. Yeah, he's, so what is he? he's, strong, he's up there with Garrett Wilson. Both he, heavily targeted. Yeah, definitely. strong receiver three. Uh, yes. low and with he's like got the yellow ball from two. Winston. Yeah, Winston throws a yellow ball to him. That's what's going to make him dangerous. He's the number twenty-two receiver in fantasy right now. So we'll we'll call him like a high three. What does that make Thomas? Same. I think he's Thomas number, well. He's number sixteen right now. I think Thomas is bumped down to a high or a low end two. So you still taking Thomas over Olave? Where a lot of people bare. drafted Thomas though, that's probably their wide receiver three. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, Alvin Kamara. Didn't have a great game. He didn't even play week two. Didn't have a great week rough. one. So he's someone that kind of waiting right. on him to get out of the rough. But yeah, I played seventy percent of snaps. Still, it's gonna happen. Targets. You know, I feel like he's due for he's due for a game any day now. So I, I would well, be firing him up, especially if Winston. They're they're trying to get away from him, turning the guy, damn Jamal, ball over. <laughs> Jamal you drafted Williams him in the first or carries. second round. He's Hold a starter. On. Say that again. You drafted him in the first or second round, right? Yeah, I'll you're gonna keep fire, yeah, you're keep gonna fire him, fire him out. Like, okay, but Red, what what did you say? I was just saying last week, uh, Jamal Williams had 20 carries for 87 yards and two touchdowns against the Vikings last week. I'm pretty sure if he yeah. can do that, Alvin Kamara is gonna be have a decent week for us. Treat him as a running back one, not a locked a, in, gonna win week. you your week, but he's definitely not gonna hurt you this week. Could be a week. He just goes absolutely bonkers. He, you know, he has he has those weeks. Yeah, yeah. So. He hasn't had one in a while. All uh, right, well, let's move on to our next game. This is our first morning game back in the states. USA, normal football USA. time. Uh, <laughs> so we got the two and one Cleveland Browns at the one and two Atlanta Falcons. And Fire yeah, Just... well, Brissett he looked okay last week, right? Like. Not I gotta say, I've been wrong on this passing game with Cleveland because week one, it was week one, week one or week two. Uh, nope, it's Brissett, it's a run first team. I don't want nothing to do with these passing options. I totally forgot coaching comes into play when it comes to this. And Joe Jacoby Brissett has not done a bad job. Kind of makes me optimistic when Deshaun Watson comes back and pretty excited to watch Brown football, but um. What you as far as I'm concerned, percent <laughs> against this Atlanta team is a low end quarterback too this week, especially in super flex leagues if you're hurting. So he's the number 16 quarterback in fantasy right now, which puts him in that mid two range. I'd probably still consider more of a low two because you know the most pass attempts he's got in a game this year is 34. The most yards is 229. Um, through two touchdown passes last last week, which is you know his season high. So. He doesn't seem to have a whole we've lot of seen, upside, but we've seen We've seen, seen worse. his ceiling. Yeah. We've seen yeah. his ceiling. So but now... It's really more just like he can keep one or two so guys we know, relevant as receivers exactly. more than so it that is means like we him know being that an asset. Amari Cooper is an actual threat to being a receiver one this year. Fire Amari Cooper up. But behind that, you're throwing darts at the wall. Like, I think you big started, time. Jim, But Well, okay. I was just talking receivers, and then okay. you and then you go down to the tight end, right? In Joku, and in Joku took a huge step forward last week, doubling his targets, capitalizing big time, and showing what we kind of thought we would see when he got drafted out of Miami five years well, ago. Well, he got well, he got paid too this off season. He got a big extension to be the number one tight end there, and then they cut Austin Hooper. So, uh, I would say that. Uh, I, I would rely on Cooper more than Njoku as like the more reliable target. These yes. other receivers are still going to catch some pa- passes like Peoples Jones. And um, well, that might be the only one, <laughs> maybe David Bell eventually, but um, yeah, even in Joku, like he's not a high tight end one. And on any given week, he's like a, like a low one with high upside. Your other well, pass catchers are your running backs. Out. That's true. That's true. 
So, but no, Stefanski came out and said that his targets are going to kind of depend on what the defenses give him. So, but last week Atlanta did give up a touchdown to Will Disley, plus DK Metcalf had a good game and Tyler Lockett had a good game. So, um, if that's what it's going to depend on for Najoku, you know, I think Najoku could fall into the end zone. Cleveland's been really good at moving the football, especially when it comes to running the football. They have that one-two punch. Really kind of opens things up for Amari Cooper and David Njoku. Makes the job really, really easy for Jacoby Brissett. So um, I really like both of those guys moving forward. Definitely not league winners, but definitely people to build, put on your roster and help you win a championship this year. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, we don't really got to say a whole lot about Nick Chubb. He's, you know, been a high They're RB1. good at football. Yeah, he's good at football. Amari, got, uh, actually, Kareem Hunt's kind of disappointed. He's getting the touches, but he just hasn't done much with them. He's he's really touchdown dependent. Well, he had the two yeah, touchdowns after week, week one. one. Yeah, he had the two touchdowns in week one, but he's kind of hovering around half the snaps per game. And, yeah, it, he's supposed to be the receiving back, but his best game so far receiving is back in week one. Four targets, caught all four for 24 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Besides that, he's done – you know, not a whole lot he's, in that regard. He's so. literally touched the ball 15 times every game. Yeah, so the volume's there in terms of like, yeah, that's yeah, not high end so. flex or low end running back too for me, something like that if if he's going to be he's a little more He's had good dependent. matchups to do it in too, and he just hasn't done it. Well, I think that comes back to the offense, honestly. And you were talking about Jacoby Brissett surprising you early, earlier. And honestly, I don't think Jacoby Brissett has surprised me at all. I think he's doing exactly kind of what we thought. Um, I think Cleveland has just gotten kind of oh, lucky. No, I, thought he's, with, I thought he sucked in. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think they've gotten lucky with who they've played. They've played Carolina. They've played the Jets. And they've played Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's missing a strong defensive lineman um in tj watt Watt, so you know i'm i'm a little bearish on on them to be honest how do we how do we feel about the falcons because we'll start with they can suck it they got lucky last week (laughs) cordell patterson coming off of another big game so he had the big week one and then week two came back down to earth but then here he is in week three, 61% of snaps. He gets 17 carries for a buck, 41 and a touchdown, and only caught one pass for 12 yards. That's usually his thing right there. So, uh, but two games and uh, twice in three games, you know, where he's gone over 120 rush yards that included a touchdown. Man, I just can't really put my finger on how where his value is because, like, he tends to run out of gas as the season goes along. That might have something to do with being 31 or probably more just that he's never really been a true running back most of his career, so the touches seem to wear on him. But while he's hot, man, like, I think you just call him, like, a mid-RB2 with um, upside to be an RB1 weekly, like, because he still has the receiving potential. Right. Yeah, no, I'll drink for that. That's what I was about to say, too, is, you know, you most likely drafted him to be your running back, too. Um, Don't go trading your star running backs to go acquire him. Um, if it's just kind of one of those things, if someone drafted him, let him be on someone else's roster, he's going to have some inconsistency. So, but like Casey said, he's been real hot. Write him if you write him if you got him, you know, I he's someone that the wheels becomes... fall off, or you can use him as leverage in a trade, you know, go trade an upgrade from that's him. what that's what I that's what I would be doing. I'd try and get James Robinson for him. So would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Cordero Patterson? Chase Edmonds. Patterson. By a long shot, Casey? Or it's no? close. Um, I wouldn't say, like, it's it's not super close, but it's not super long. I would just say, like, comfortably Patterson. And I think that's just because Miami's truly doing a committee type thing. And the Falcons have shown this willingness to feed Patterson. And it kind of makes sense at this point right now, too, because he's their only decent running back. Damian Williams got hurt. Tyler Algier is still a rookie, you know, late round rookie that's getting his feet underneath them. They got no one else behind him. So I think that you can keep doing this. I think he becomes a candidate to to trade later on, even if he's still hot, because he tends to run out of gas every year. And it's going to be hard to exactly figure out when that's going to happen. But you don't want to be at the end of that holding the bag where like all of a sudden he's not even touching the ball because, you know, he's injured or, um, yeah, like he's just ineffective at some point. Right. So, yep. anyone else on the Falcons stick out to you? Kyle Pitts finally had a decent Drake game. Drake London. 
Drake London, man, go look at the wide receivers Cleveland has played against. They allowed Robbie Anderson to have five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. I believe they allowed a 100-yard receiver. Oh, they allowed Deontay Johnson eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. And they allowed Garrett Wilson to have eight catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. So I am firing up Drake London as a strong wide receiver, too, with low-end wide receiver one upside. Yeah, he is the number 13 receiver in fantasy. He's playing a lot of snaps. He's getting targets. He's getting red zone targets. He's kind of he doing a little exactly bit of exactly what we've been seen from USC. Yep. He's 6'4", 213. You know they're going to use him like that. You know, he's, he's getting that Mike Evans treatment kind of. So I would say, what do you call him? Did you say he's got a wide receiver one in him? A high-end high wide receiver two with low-end wide receiver one upside. I think right now I'll I'm that's a little early to be giving him that, but I'll put it. No, I'm talking about for this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm not talking about rest of the season. No, 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 no. Just for this matchup okay. this week. Okay, got it. He's okay. right All there, right. 12, 13 for me. You know, okay. maybe Kyle Pitts sneaks in and gets the touchdown instead of him. All of a sudden, that touchdown deodorant goes to someone else. You kind of stinking it up a little bit, but volume kind of saved your day. That kind of kind of puts you in that wide receiver, you know, 15, 16 area. But if he gets the touchdown, he's going to be up there talking with the 13, 12, 11 area. Right. I don't think any of these other receivers are even worth mentioning. It's um, yeah, it's bad. Really just, it's just Next. down to Mariota. They have Mariota and he's the number 14 quarterback in fantasy. He's been OK, but he's you know, getting these. He's got two rushing touchdowns of the year. Um, only three passing touchdowns. He's the most he's thrown for was. 229 this last week against Seattle. He only threw 20 times, though. So I would expect some of that volume to go up in that regard, but he's probably just like someone he's like a solid backup in fantasy. I don't think I'd be rolling him out there as my starter unless it'd be super flex leagues. And at that point, like he's he's like a mid QB two with a little upside because of the rushing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. All right. Well, then let's move along to the next game. We have the Buffalo Bills two and one. At the Baltimore Ravens 2-1. and one. This should be a very fascinating game. This looks like it's going to be like a future AFC divisional playoff or maybe even AFC championship game. By the way, Lamar Jackson's playing. I expect them to go far, and the Bills look good top to bottom. They did lose their first game against the Dolphins last week, but it wasn't by much. So, G-Money, what do we expect out of Josh Allen this week? Is he going to light him up like Lamar uh, lit up? Uh, or like like Tua lit up the Ravens a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. man. This you is know, a... you know. Well, you saw that offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey from the Bills. I know you saw that video where he just starts, you know, smashing papers and smashing his tablet into the desk, and so he was pissed off that they lost that. Game. Casey you know was the tablet to his motor scooter. Because yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. That would make yeah, that sense. was that was. Uh interesting but i think you bounce back they'll win this game against baltimore i don't know about throwing up and down against them but it'll be a good good game he should eclipse 300 yards throw for two touchdowns um you're starting josh allen still locked in quarterback one quarterback one overall this this week you think so yeah, everybody throws good throw has good games against Baltimore. Now you're putting the best quarterback in the NFL to play against Baltimore. Come on, man. We just watched Tua light up Baltimore. You tell me Tua's better than Josh Allen? Josh Allen's going to light these guys up, dude. And what's nice is Lamar Jackson's going to keep this a game. So there's going to be reason for Josh Allen to keep throwing the football. I think it's going to be all digs, Gabe Davis. I think there's going to be three wide receivers this week from the Buffalo. I don't know who the third one's going to be. You know, your choice between Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox, or maybe Devil Singletary gets going in the passing game. But you mean Zach I think Moss? there's going to be whoever. I don't Just really kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's – I think there's going to be three pass catchers coming out of this game that are uh, fantasy relevant this week from Buffalo's end. Yeah, I mean, obviously Diggs is someone that we're counting on. He was locked uh, in. He's the number one receiver in fantasy right now. He's got four touchdowns in three games. He's got two games over 122 yards. Even this last game, 11 targets, seven catches for 74 yards. Like by far his worst game, um, and that's that's pretty damn good 
most weeks. So, yeah, fire him up as a top. I mean, if if Allen is the number one quarterback this week, Diggs is arguably the number one receiver. Um, yep. And then Gabe Davis, did, you know, he had the decent week one, missed week two with the injury. Week three played 96% of snaps, so it wasn't like they were easing him back in. He played six targets, caught three for 37, no touchdown. Feels like this swing, this Gabe Davis thing, swinging back my way, like where I've just been not a good believer uh, in the guy. So yeah, I was thinking the same. Don't thing, listen but... to Casey. Start him as a confident wide receiver. Three. He's playing against Last Baltimore week, this week. It Let's was a go. dummy week. He was just used out there as a dummy. Like, hey, I'm out here. Like, kind of try and respect me a little bit. Well, Isaiah McKenzie was the one who had the decent game, nine targets, but caught seven of them for 76 in the touchdown. Did that on only 51 percent of snaps. But is this? Is this guy got any kind of pulse in fantasy? He's rosterable. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like he's a he's like a bye week flex guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dawson Knox. Anything to see here? I feel like nothing to really see here, right? If nothing to report. Check in, you're starting him. <laughs> <sighs> that's. I mean, yeah. Someone, unfortunately, someone's going to catch passes too. I mean, it's it's not just going to be Diggs, Gabe Davis. It's He's a tight end. You know, you know what? He's starting this week. Starting this week. I'm gonna just tight end two I'll with be... touchdown potential to be tight end one. Yep. Yep. He needs the touchdown deodorant. If if Josh Allen's gonna go all out this week, you gotta fire up all of his weapons if you own him. Most likely, if you have Dawson Knox, he was probably the eighth or ninth tight end off the board. He's most likely your starter. So yeah, fire him up. What about Singletary getting these eleven targets? Does that change? Like he's anything? played a lot more running back snaps. Uh, there was a stat that came out that he played like 84% of the running back snaps last week. So, um, yeah, here is no. telling me or is 84% of the touches, 84% of the touches. Yeah. Is he's still 70, 73% of snaps though. Um, yeah, is, is the majority, you know, Moss saw 17 and James Cook saw 12. So it's not like they saw, you know, considerable amount. So Singletary is what a high end flex for you guys. I think I like him. A little more as like a low two, but I I, I think volume as a put, high flex. I think volume puts him at a two, a solid two. Yeah. If Zach Moss, James Cook are going to get the touches, then uh, Devin Singletary has potential to fall into the end zone just yeah. on luck. Well, let's get to the Ravens side real fast, and we'll just knock two guys out real fast: Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Start and start. Nothing to really see here, like or nothing to really talk about here. We know exactly what they're going to do. So, um, J.K. Dobbins came back first week, played forty three percent of snaps, got nine touches between you know the ground and the air. Uh, we kind of expect his role to grow, but against Buffalo, we playing uh, him this week. I own him in several leagues, and the league where I am most hurting at the running back position, I am starting Ramondre Stevenson and Khalil Herbert over J.K. Dobbins. Well, Casey, that's a good question that you bring up because you have him in a uh, a redraft league. In our listener league. Exactly. And where did you, you draft him in? Them? Should you be I got, I got starting him as my RB. I got him as my RB2, so uh, he was my uh, round five pick 12. Um. Yeah, I, I would say that I'm probably going to bench him for Singletary. I'll put Singletary back in as my RB2 and leave Lazard probably as my flex. I could change a couple things up there, but um, I'm probably looking for a reason to bench Dobbins this week. It's just not a good matchup. He's still kind of getting slow played back into the offense, so right. um, we'll see how that goes. But I'm just banking on probably a rough week for him. Um from the other receivers, though, Bateman and Duvernay are the only two worth mentioning. Du- well, uh, Bateman's the number 30 receiver in fantasy. He's had a you know, couple of touchdowns in the first couple weeks, but ultimately he's getting low target shares, like five targets week one, seven in week two is okay, four in week three, but it just doesn't give him a chance to catch a lot of passes. He's only got eight catches in three games, so... I don't know. He's kind of like an upside wide receiver three, but he's got bottom out potential as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably uncomfortable starting him as a three looking at those numbers. But realistically, if you have him as a four, starting him as a flex, you're feeling pretty good about it. Right. 
And Duvernay just feels like a lesser version of Bateman where it's kind of the same thing as he gets even fewer targets. Yep. But he's still a kick returner and stuff too. And he kind of seems to be one of their big play guys. So he's rosterable. He's like a just a total like dart throw of a flex at best. He's um, a great best ball player. Yes. For your team. Yes. If you're if you're doing best ball, yeah, Duvernay is a great bench option. Well, he's you don't really do benches, so I guess so. He's a good best ball option. Yeah. All right. Well, that's basically everyone fantasy relevant from that game. So we'll get to our last one of this preview. And that is the one and two Washington Commanders at the two and one Dallas Cowboys. And Cooper Rush coming off of a win on Monday Night Football. He's not really doing it, you know, a whole lot. He's kind of doing the Jacoby Brissett thing in terms of his passing volume, like how many attempts he's getting, his efficiency. So you can put him in that like low QB2 category, but he's at least keeping CD Lamb's value alive. CD Lamb had 12 targets this last week, he had 11. And each of the two weeks prior, so he's one of the most volume-heavy guys that you're going to see at receiver. And yeah, he just went 8 for 87 and a touchdown the week before, 7 for 75, which is still a solid fantasy day. And both of these games are with Cooper Rush, so his value is still up there as a wide receiver, like a strong wide receiver too. Maybe he doesn't get a now himself. Now's the time to buy CD Lamb. I feel like there's a lot of people down on CD Lamb. A lot of people that I talk to, it's just like, oh, he's not the alpha. He's not what Amari Cooper wants him to be. This is where you go win your leagues. Go try and make a trade for CD Lamb if you hear anybody talking down on him. Because what's going to happen when Michael Gallup comes back? What's going to happen when Dalton Schultz comes back healthy? Then they're going to get Prescott. Prescott. <laughs> exactly. Then you're going to have teams starting to play honest. Tony Pollard's doing great running the football. You have Zeke Elliott, who's, you know, he's Zeke Elliott. He's going to do his thing. Rather, if it's for good or bad, he's still going to get his touches. This Dallas offense is able to keep defenses honest where, you know, maybe they don't bracket C.D. Lamb as much. I feel like Dallas could probably do a better job at getting C.D. Lamb open than what they're doing with Justin Jefferson right now in Minnesota. Yeah, that's that's a great point about you know all these other weapons coming back for CD Lamb. So buy um, the dip, buy the dip. Yeah, and speaking of Michael Gallup, it's is it spinach and artichoke? Because that's kind I, of, I love it. I'll, I'll take it too. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, they're saying Michael Gallup looks good for Week Four potentially. Missed the Monday night game yesterday, so the fact they didn't put him on IR tells you they thought they'd come back within the first four games. This is going to be the fourth game, so. Um, you know, just a couple hours ago, uh, Mike McCarthy said that Gallup is going to get a bunch of work on Wednesday and he's close to making his debut. So, um, if that happens, that kind of eliminates Noah Brown's value. Probably Noah Brown has actually been pretty, he's been okay this year. He's the number 25 receiver in fantasy. He's been getting decent target shares, plenty of snaps. Yeah, um, I was going to say he's been a decent kind of filling guy while Gallup's been gone. I still keep him stashed if you can until we see what happens with Gallup, but ultimately Gallup was the one who got paid. We expect him to be the number two guy, but who knows? Maybe the knee thing doesn't go so well. So um, only one way to find out. So Cooper Rush is basically a no start this week. C.D. Lamb is good. Gallup, um, you guys kind of wait and see or receiver three? Uh, Treat it like J.K. Dobbins this week. Yeah, I'm not playing him yet. I'd like to see him active and do something first. Okay, so let's talk about this backfield then, because this backfield has been interesting the first three weeks. I think, anyways. I didn't see that there was going to be a bunch of a split, but they're playing a lot more of a split than I thought. Yeah, I agree. And Pollard is the one who's kind of being a, a little more efficient, you know, kind of at least going back to the last two weeks. He hasn't done a whole lot. Everyone kind of calls him the receiving back. He did have seven targets in week two, caught four for 55, but otherwise has not really done almost anything receiving all year. But Zeke's done even, you know, even less than that. So it's like they're just not really thrown to the running backs right now. It's just kind of like, well, they're they're giving them the ball. They're giving both of them the ball. I do feel like when I was watching the Monday night game, I noticed Zeke in the red zone a little bit more than Pollard. So if you're looking for the touchdown upside, that's probably why Zeke is preferred over Pollard generally right now. And he I, did get the tud in the zone. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of lean that way right now too. And if Dalton Schultz is healthy, like I little there's very little information on him right now, but um, I think he was trying to play this past week. They just held him out. So if he comes back, 
Yeah, you can fire him up as a tight end one. He's he's proven. This one's iffy for me. He's got a PCL injury and any like knee ligament injury is just concerning to me. So until I see him kind of perform and show me that he can run and make some moves on it, I'm not playing him. All right. Well, how about on uh, Washington side? We've been kind of talking about Carson Wentz going off in week one. Carson Wentz. Yeah, here he is. <laughs> Back three. to Carson Wentz. Week three, um, you know, no turnovers as far as I can tell. Or maybe he did he fumble? At least he didn't throw any interceptions. He fumbled. Yeah. Um, but no touchdowns, only 211 pass yards on 43 attempts. You know, the Jacksonville and Detroit did look like two really good matchups. He's still throwing the ball 40-plus times a game, so I like the volume here. Probably you have just to more... throw the ball when you suck. Yeah, right. Probably more of a QB two than anything, though. So I'm, probably... I'm benching him, and I'm start. I'd probably start Baker Mayfield over him this week. Dallas hasn't allowed Dallas's a defense to throw. is nasty. Yes, Dallas. Joe Burrow, hundred. Did I just say yards. that out loud? Yeah, Someone you squirt... did. Someone I'm surprised you didn't choke when mouth. you said those words. Right. <laughs> no, for real though, Joe Burrow, hundred ninety nine yards. We're not excited about that. Tom Brady, 212 yards. Not excited about that. Monday night, Daniel Jones threw for under 200 yards. Not excited about that. How many sacks are they? They've gotten like 15 sacks this season or something like that. Yeah, start the Dallas defense if you play in the league with defenses. Like they are going to sack Wentz. Wentz is going to get exposed again this week. Washington is is a bottom 10 team. Yeah, you're going to want to start wincing in good matchups, but matchups ghosts. like this, Philadelphia, nope. Don't even want them in Superflex leagues. Don't want them. We like the receivers, though, right? Like Terry McLaurin, Doc. Well, Tank, then now Daniel. you're going to have to talk me into Carson Wentz again if we're going to talk good about the receivers. Say, like, Pick one. Pick one. That's how I feel. Pick one. Uh, uh, I think I'm not sure that I really care. For the receivers, all that much. I think they take a step back this week. All wide uh, receiver threes, comfortable wide receiver threes, all of them. I'm going to give McLaurin more. I'll give McLaurin. He's I'll give had him a two. Okay, so you guys are going to take catches. McLaurin because of the name. So I'll yep. be, well, hey, hey, I'll be the asshole the and take Curtis Samuel. Not just because the name. Hey, Terry McLaurin had nine targets. He did get paid. He did get paid. You're right. Well, he I'm just saying, like he's had like, week one, thirteen point eight fantasy points week two 12.2 week three 19.2 he had his best fantasy day when Carson Wentz had his worst so and you know right now he's the number 27 receiver in fantasy that kind of puts him just outside wide receiver two category but I still think that he's like the most reliable out of all these guys I, I Dotson like I like him more in real life than fantasy I think he has absolute potential to be a fantasy stud you just need to see a little bit more from him. But Curtis Samuel is someone that's just been very usage-based. 11 targets week one, nine week two, 10 week three. He's I got, it. you know, three carries this last week, four carries in week one. And, and week two, he only had one carry, but it was for 21 yards. So, like, if you want volume-based, Curtis Samuel's your guy. If you want upside, yep. Terry McLaurin's your guy. I would swing for the fences. But um, I'd say wide receiver, two for McLaurin, wide receiver three for Samuel. Yep. I'll drink. Um, I think you just talked me into Samuel being a potential uh RB2. Just wide receiver. Or, I'm two. sorry, I'm sorry, receiver two, based on well, the fact does that the ball, he does so... have that running uh capability also. Um, he's like a poor he... man's Debo Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's just a chance there. JD McKissick's getting a little Well, they have old. the same last name too. Wow. Uh but <laughs> well I mean, J.D. McKissick did see nine targets, 12 touches last week. But still, it's like kind of like Curtis Samuel out there. Get some touches. Yeah. Like right. Casey said, volume. Right. And, you know, just to wrap up the receivers, Logan Thomas, not really doing a whole lot just yet. He's still playing Touchdown like dependent. upwards of two-thirds of the snaps most of the time. But, yeah, this last week, you know, three targets, caught two for five yards. The week before was his best – Week of the season, caught three passes for 37 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I'd just call him a touchdown dependent receiver or tight end at this point. Um, let's wrap it up with the running backs, though. And, yeah, we have Gibson. You mentioned McKissick already, who did have nine targets last week, had seven targets in week two. So he seems to definitely be the preferred passing down back. Gibson only had one target this week and caught it for two yards. 
He was really inefficient on the ground, but the Eagles defense just played extremely well against Commander, so I don't expect him to bottom out this much. But he still scored a touchdown to save his day, 12 carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Right now, he's the number 12 uh, running back in fantasy, which feels kind of weird, but I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, he's, you know, in big week one kind of mixed, you know, with rushing and receiving, but he's got a touchdown in week two and three. We don't expect this to last, though, right? Like, he's more like a low RB2, high-end flex, and then we got Brian Robinson coming back right around the corner. Yeah, without those touchdowns, man, he's scoring six and five points. So he's a touchdown-dependent running back, too, for your rosters. Yep, I think that's where I'll put him, too. He's still he's still a good football player, but, yeah, he's just not – I don't know. He's just not getting it done right now. Yeah. What are you doing with him in the Dynasty League? Like, I, I've, I had someone hit my inbox and ask me – what do I want for Antonio Gibson? Oh yeah, I'd be selling him big time. I don't, I don't uh, want nothing okay. to do with him. And dynasty. First rounder. If you can get a first rounder while he's hot right now, that'd be awesome. I'm kind of looking for a wide wide receiver. Um, let me just go through really quick, just uh, just for entertain entertainment purposes. Uh, he, I'm looking for a wide receiver. He has Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson. Amari Cooper, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, Alan Lazard. Hmm. Well, ESPN thinks uh, that <laughs> a good trade for you would be. <laughs> I just, I I tried to do something for Amari Cooper because I do own Deshaun Deshaun Watson in this league, but he was hmm. like, ah, I can't send Cooper, and I, I totally understand. So, yeah, well, I think he's not sending Cooper. He's not sending Deontay Johnson. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah, you gotta have to work on that. You know. Yeah. You... Okay. No worries. So I'm not in a rush to trade them anyway. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back tomorrow to do part two of the week four preview. Um, keep keep hitting us up with your questions. Drink your milk. Drink your coffee. Drink your beer. Whatever happens to be in your cup. And until next time, peace out. Peace. I peace.